0: What are you thankful for this Thanksgiving, Jeffrey?
1: Well, because I'm Canadian, I don't really... I'm thankful for Black Fridays, but I'm a Canadian, so I don't celebrate American Thanksgiving.
0: There is one thing I'm thankful for that I'll disclose later, but I'm thankful for our listeners, Jeffrey. How great are our listeners?
1: So am I. And for any of those, any of our American listeners, I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Um... I guess it's the end of the Thanksgiving weekend, but I hope you guys have a good, uh, you had a good Thanksgiving, a good Black Friday, and hopefully when you're, we have this up by Monday, so you can guys can listen to this while you guys are shopping on Cyber Monday.
0: So I've got a very, very serious question for you, Jeff. you right. A very serious debate for you. Okay. Chunky or like drippy cranberry sauce? Do you like the Jello stuff or like the, like the, you know what I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah. See, I, I, don't, I don't eat cranberry sauce, to be honest. What is wrong I really with like you? <laughs> like, I, I don't mind cranberry juice. What is but like,
0: wrong with you?
1: No, but, like, cranberry sauce is not, like, I mean, like, I don't have a big family. So, we don't have, like, like when we had our Canadian, well, I mean, I, I wasn't home for Canadian Thanksgiving this year. Okay, but like haven't had, But like I haven't had like turkey with like stuffing and cranberry sauce. So you know what? I I don't think I can answer your question there. I think oh, but to me, I, I, I think as a sauce as a sauce, if it's like with meat, I think it has to be like chunky. I'm gonna go with chunky.
0: Chunky, not the jelly of...
1: stuff. Like, how's jelly drippy?
0: Like, you know, it's a like well, candy come would... out. With... Okay, fine. Yeah, you want that? Okay, no. Yeah, the drippy one's better than them. no. Screw the the chunky can stuff is gross.
1: So I guess so. I I'm I'm on the wrong side of this debate.
0: You are on the wrong side. Yes.
1: Okay, fine. I'll, 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 next time, you should you should invite me to your Thanksgiving dinner, and um, I will. Actually, no. You live in Winnipeg. Scratch that. They're gonna come to Winnipeg for that. No. If we ever when we meet up for Christmas. You can uh, show me the difference between the chunky cranberry sauce and uh, the drippy cranberry sauce.
0: Chunky one is gross. Drippy is where it's at. I
1: don't even know what what's this drip like. It's just li- more liquidy, right? Like, it's it's liquidy, but
0: it doesn't taste like you're eating like like you know like pig fat. So, <laughs> that layer of like when you so, get like luncheon meat or spam, that layer of fat on top of it, you're not eating
1: that. Okay, so wait, so is is drippy? More just literally thickened cranberry juice, like it's just liquidous. no, it's got no sugar
0: chocolate. and all the preservatives in there.
1: You know, I, you know, I maybe it's a good thing I don't, I've never had well, I don't remember eating cranberry sauce, so I don't have to decide because you know, both sound pretty disgusting. I think,
0: no, cranberry sauce is like right,
1: no, but like I would rather just have you know, good old gravy with my turkey or chicken, or whatever you have at Thanksgiving.
0: No, you're missing out, man.
1: No? Am I?
0: You no, know, gravy's alright, but it's not the same.
1: Well, I guess, like, you can have gravy on anything, well, any time of the year, but no one ever takes out the cranberry sauce in the middle of March or August. Well, that makes or... It, that's
0: what makes it so good. It's like it's a once a year, twice a year
1: thing. It's a delicacy, It's, a delicacy, Honestly, but it's like
0: a, it's not something you get all the time
1: I know but you know what nah, I, I, I think I'll pass on the cranberries sauces and uh, just stick with my gravy and uh, or whatever I can actually cook and not have to you know spend too much time making
0: so okay so no you're wrong because okay, I know we'll talk about hockey in a few minutes but cranberry sauce is underappreciated you know it's not that expensive it gets the job done. And it's so, like, it gets, it's, it's, it's like the Connor Garland of Thanksgiving Foods.
1: Are you, are you, are you stuck on cranberry sauce because you didn't have any, but I'm saying, saying, it's the Connor Garland
0: of, it's the Connor Garland, yeah, I can't say it's the Connor Garland of Thanksgiving Foods. You know, it's, it's criminally underrated you know it just appears you know it just appears just like Connor Garland he just appears out of the scene you know and he you know it's not expensive it just it just flies under the radar but without it you're missing out and
1: let's start our episode you're listening to the Bag of
0: Pucks podcast part of the National Podcast Network
1: And we're back. So well, we're not really back from anything, are we? We just had just, we just played the intro. We're not back, we're back from, from the intro. No, you. That's that's like your that's your thing. Every time you we finish like the intro or an ad, you're always like, and we're back. Did you come up with something new? Kind of like that back in the day when you every time well not back in the day, but your intros were always like, which player wore this number? Episode number. Who was the greatest player to ever wear this episode number? I mean I guess <laughs> No. So you're gonna you go you creativity? Yeah, I want the creativity. Ugh,
0: that makes me that makes me have to do prep. I don't do prep. Don't I am the you star. Of
1: <laughs> no, just your transitions, your creativity. Fine, we'll go back to an old you can, favorite. You can you can you improv it. Yes.
0: Who wore number thirty eight on the LA Kings? This season and last season,
1: Michael Amadio.
0: That is incorrect.
1: Oh, Michael I'll Amadio just... number <laughs> 10. Oh.
0: <laughs> and do you know why it's number like, 38? Because this is our 38th episode. Carl Grunstrom?
1: That is correct. Oh.
0: <laughs> cool. It's hard this is to... what Jeffrey wants, it's hard... y'all.
1: It's hard, to, it's hard to guess Kings players that, um, Aren't on the NHL roster, so that's why I was trying to pick a guy that was actually on the roster. Is okay. that too much for you? Is that too yeah. much for you? Not should okay. We go back to another. Should we go back to Connor Garland? Or- we should go
0: back to Connor Garland.
1: Okay, so you know this episode because it's American Thanksgiving, we're going to talk about some players that you know these teams are thankful that they signed these guys on these really good deals and. I mean, like, we could talk about, you know, Nathan McKinnon, who, you know, at 6.3 mil per year for four, well, five more years, I guess, including this year. That's, you know, the team's very thankful for that. But let's look at those criminally underrated players, those cranberry sauce players, I guess, that um, are making under $2 million. And um, as per Olsen's request, because he didn't do the prep, he also didn't want any rookie scale contracts, which you know I understand. But before you like you know, I before you think like you're the star, you should make requests to your, your podcast mate and have them do the prep and not do anything yourself.
0: Okay, if it was just ELC, it'd just be a bunch of ELC players, though, wouldn't it be?
1: I know, but you also can't you you, you can't direct me to do your prep like that. Come on.
0: I'm sorry. Who's the star of the show? <laughs>
1: Anyway, let's talk about something that, you know, you brought up. Also, I, I I've heard rumors that um uh, he's also a player that you don't really like. But um he appeared on was it not last week's? I guess yeah, he was he was last week's um on Hometown Hockey, the Connor versus Connor uh matchup Arizona versus Edmonton, uh, Connor Garland. Um he's in the he's on a I would say a pretty good contract, you would say.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah I mean, anytime you get production out of a guy who's earning a million million and a half, that's a win though, isn't it?
1: Well he's well he's earning half of that. see so when Austin doesn't do the prep, he doesn't just read it and he doesn't realize That's
0: my that... point that... his contract is so good <laughs> that even if you're getting any production of a guy for a million million and a half, that's amazing. And our friend Connor Garland here makes 775 so in my defense, not half, better than half.
1: Okay. Fine, fine. Well good save, good save. But anyway, you know, for, for a guy like you know, he looked like the you know, like a, a like a a healthy scratch guy, a guy who comes in for the injuries, like that's where he was kind of signed last year on his deal, this extension, and you know, he's proving pretty good value this year. I mean, of he's leading the Coyotes and goal scoring and for Coyotes team that especially last year they struggled to score and this year they're kind of in the same boat here for a guy just you know put up double digit goals and earning less than a million dollars I think the Coyotes are very happy with that deal
0: yeah I think but here's my question you know who he reminds me of who he reminds me of um, what's his name the guy on Anaheim on the Ducks because he, no, he's he seems like he scores more goals and assists in the NHL, right? I know it's a very small sample size.
1: Who who are you talking about? Silverberg? <sighs> no. Is he a is he a current player or?
0: Uh, okay, like, once I tell uh, you who it is, then you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. But it's. Uh,
1: okay, but anyway, like we're yeah. talk, All you do to research, I mean. Of, like at the time of recording he's of all the double digit goal scorers, he has the least amount of ice time. He's playing, you know, like under like 14 minutes a night and like Arizona right now, their their forward group, if you look at your team, they're quite deep. I mean, they roll out you know, they're not like, they don't roll out four lines consistently, but you know, three lines fairly the top top three lines are rolled out pretty consistently and Garland, who's playing with, um, I believe he's playing with Nick Schmoltz, who's also a guy on a great contract right now. And Dvorak, you know, they've got a good team there. And I think you know, especially for a guy like, he was drafted in the second year of eligibility in the fifth round, so I mean, you you knew he could score. Um, He was the QJ, MVP in 2015, so he's gotten scored, but you know, he took his time and you know, now he's proving, like, a great pickup by the Coyotes then.
0: I mean, as long as it's sustainable, it's good, right? I mean, like, the thing that that draws my attention is the improvement on his stats, and we look at his zone starts. And for me, I'm a big zone starts person. So it's just like, hey, if you start often in the offensive zone, you should be scoring more. Not Like, vice versa, right? But, you know, he's gone up in defensive zone starts by 6%, and he's scoring more. But when we look at the advanced stats, the number that draws my attention is PDO. We're looking at a 104.9, right? So that's, that's ridiculous, right? So the the stats argue one way and the other way at the same time. And they're saying, Hey, you know, he shouldn't be improving on his offensive totals when we look at his own starts. But then we look at the, you know, the PDO or the puck luck and it says he's really lucky, which kind of, kind of bounces the way it out. So I think for me, I think it's just, can he keep this up? And of course, the expectation isn't he's going to score, what, like 40 goals this year or whatever, right? I think as long as he can score 20, 17, that's a really successful season for me, I think. What do you think, Jeffrey? Yeah,
1: Yeah, and I mean, his shooting percentage is a little bit elevated, but I mean, he's had limited NHL. Playing time, right? Like he didn't play until start playing in the NHL until last year. And you know, he's not playing a lot of minutes, so I mean definitely like as you say, like PDO, he's a little bit higher than what you would expect. Like, you know, hundreds the normal, he's he's higher than that and eh, with the zone starts. But I mean, Arizona, their goaltending's good. I think especially last year, like given the fact that, you know, they haven't scoring much, but you know, I, I think Connor Garland's gonna be like probably he's he'll be good for twenty goals this year and if you, you, can, you can get, get twenty, 20 goals? goals, yeah. If you can, get, well, I mean, he's still got well, basically three quarters of the season, just less than three quarters of a season left to get ten goals. And if he's like been like a staple in that in those in that middle six role, I think you could see him, you know, hit twenty goals. I think, and you know, he he he's shown a shooting side in him, like. He wasn't like a known as like a goal scorer per se when he was a junior, but you know, he's been shooting the puck a lot and with Nick Schmaltz as your center, I would think you're gonna get that opportunity. So, you know, maybe he won't score at the same pace. Like he he's on pace for about thirty goals right now. So, mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't think he will get there, but I, I um, think as
0: long if he can get twenty, that's a very successful season.
1: Yeah. So Anyway, like the rumors were in your fantasy league. Um, he is not a very well-viewed player by you.
0: Oh, yeah, just by me. The rest of the league loves him. And there's nothing against the guy. I just think that the trades that are involving him are just a little skewed one, skewed one way or another. Ooh. So, uh, you know, nothing against a dude. Seems like a really nice guy. But, again, just the leagues. It's a little Wait. skewed. You want to hear an interesting can fact? You, can, we Jeffrey? Trade?
1: can we hear this huh? trade?
0: Uh, we cannot hear this trade because it'll just make me upset. <laughs> so fine, let's fine. um guess what david Krejci's pdo is this season oh for our listeners by the way pdo is calculated as the shooting percentage and the save percentage with the player on the ice at even strength um so statistically speaking it should always regress to 100 um and uh, yeah that's basically what it is i think it's, it just needs to regress to under and it's kind of also just very colloquially known as the um, the puck luck. I think that's is that the right word to use.
1: Well, it's like a measure of. I wouldn't call it puck luck, but it's a measure of, like you should have like in the sense that in a in a very normal like typical player, you should like when you score right, your shooting percentage goes up and. The save percentage goes down. So, like, if it was like even even game, your shooting percentage should equal like the one minus your save percentage, right? And then combined together, you should get one thousand. Supposedly, like that's what that's viewed as, I guess. But I wouldn't call it puck luck. I think I th- also think like the trend now is like there are people that are going to have higher PDOs just in general in the NHL.
0: So basically, my my, my whole point of going in this is basically when we look at PDO, anything, 100 is just a regular player. Anything over 102, generally speaking, is hey, they're maybe a bit better. They're doing a bit better than they actually are. Uh, anything under, yeah. under 98 is hey, you know what? They've had a little bit of a rough streak. They should be doing a little bit better than they actually are, right? So that's kind of what we're going with. But just guess what David Krejci's PDO is this season. Um in his I think career you
1: play on the Bruins. I think on no, the career, Bruins.
0: Sorry, let me just jump in here. Yeah. Um, in for his career, his PDO is somewhere along. Give me one second, I had it a go open it one second ago. Um I, I closed mean, it. I'm sorry, my apologies. So in his career, his PDO has been 101.6. So generally saying that's pretty regular, right? So he's had some seasons where he has a 97. And this season he is way he's had a couple seasons where it's almost one hundred six. Just take a guess where he's at this season. And again, I know small sample size, only playing twenty games this season.
1: I think if you play in the Bruins, like your PDO is like one oh five at least.
0: He is uh one fifteen point seven.
1: Oh, I see that's ridiculous. <laughs> like
0: so what I'm okay, trying to say he here is the Mar- if you online. guys have okay. What I'm trying to say here is, if you have David Krejci on your fantasy team, yeah, it will be the worst idea to put out some feelers see so if you can trade him away because it's probably not sustainable.
1: <laughs> is this a hit to your fantasy um, rival managers? There, that, yeah, maybe your if you're listening, kind of. See, like, I like, I think it's more. <sighs> Like PDO to me is not the biggest. I think shooting percentage is a big thing, and the, like the volume of shots, right? Like if you're looking at goals specifically. So
0: here's my thing: that with shooting right. percentage, with shooting percentage, it only calculates your personal, like shooting ability, right? think so you gotta take into factor yeah. what if you're passing a lot, like a guy like David Krejci.
1: I know. So like I'm saying, like when you get when you play with like a guy like past your neck. Your, that's percentage is going to be high, right? So like you're, you're like, I think you have to look at other stats to determine whether someone's going to regress or not. But like definitely like I do agree with, like definitely like looking at like how many goals for and goals against while they're on the ice, and which is not necessarily plus minus all the time, but like just also like. The players you're playing with, your ice time, I think that plays a big percentage. But, you know, PDO is like a quick kind of thing to be like, hey, most people eventually regress back to like 100, supposedly, positively or negatively regress to 100. So, you know, it could be a good indicator. And I think for David Krejci, I mean, when Patrice Bergeron comes back, his PDO will come down because he'll no longer be playing with Marshawn and Pasternak. So
0: I think it's a. Yeah, honestly, I look at it, if, it's the line. I, like, if you look at Marshawn, his PDO is 109.8. Like, it's the line, but it's just a fun fact more than anything. You have to ruin it, Jeffrey.
1: We'll talk about someone else here. Um, there's been a couple of other guys who I think, you know, some teams are very happy about. And I think one player we'll talk about here, you know, I think the Sens, Sens fans are thankful just in general. I don't know, actually. Are Sens fan thankful that they have a like a playable team this year?
0: I think most people saw the Sens and were like,
1: Oh, first overall pick, I guess.
0: Cool. Like no one's considering where they'd be right now, right? I think we looked at it, oh, they're ahead of Tampa Bay? They're ahead of Toronto? No, you're looking at the standings the wrong way, I think, right? You gotta filter the other way. And that's what most people would have thought if you told them, hey, midway through the season this is where Idle would be. Yeah,
1: and like right now, I mean, I'm I go I'm going by point percentage because like...
0: Point like percentage they're, works they're, well they're... because when we look at it, um, points work one way, but if you're playing a lot more games than the other team, the expectation is, hey, you're supposed to have more points. In. But points percentage comes in really efficiently because it looks, hey, on an 82-game season, how many points are you efficiently capturing over the season? Which kind of t- negates the whole... Hey, they've played more games, they have more points. Or they played less games, that's why they have less points. That's why they're below them on the standings. So, yeah, yeah like, all right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like and in theory, like the Sens right now, they're 30th in point percentage in they're point four 0.426 in their point percentage. So like they're still in a bad position, but at least they're like they're playing respectable hockey, I would say. Like they're fairly, you know they get they at least make a game entertaining. It's not like a like it's not like you're facing an A. It's just a- not a, a- blow every game. like the Red Wings basically, right? Poor Red Wings. They did
0: nothing wrong and Jeff was just out there roasting them.
1: Okay, okay. The Red Wings, they're they're rebuilding, we know that. Uh like if you watch the Leafs like Red Wings game, they're not that bad. Like Okay, Howard got injured and they put in Bernier who had a stomach flu and like you literally could see like he could he was like they couldn't even like move side to side. Like he couldn't get up or get down. Like it like Red Wings are a bit better than that, but still like they're not like the senators aren't like the Red Wings. And I think one thing one well, besides Jean Gabriel Pajot, I think another person they have to be very they're very thankful is for is uh Anthony Duclair. I mean this is a guy they took a chance on on the, the Zingo trade last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they signed him to this, this prove-it contract, I guess, one year at $1.65 million. And, you know, he's, he's played well for them. I mean, granted, like, you know, like, the Senators aren't going to be going Anywhere in the standings, but at least you know, he's a guy that they can you know plug and play. And you know, maybe this is just what he needs. Maybe he just needs to be back in a I don't walk i call it familiar place, but like in a place where you know he can he like he, he feels like comfortable. And I think,
0: I think so. I mean, like, I think he was running out of teams. I remember many of these guys like who are on the centers on a one year deal and approve a deal that's that's uh, kind of you're running out of out of deals. Like, you're running out of teams to really just showcase your work on, right? Yeah. And, and I like, think...
1: Like, right? Like, if you play more... Like, if you play, like, with more... If you're, like, switching teams, like, every year type of thing, eventually, like, teams are going to be like, why is this person not able to stick with one team? And then eventually, they have to go overseas to play, right?
0: Like, don't get me wrong. There are some players who are able to... St- stick around on one-year deals, like, constantly. And the guy that I'm thinking about is um, Scotty Upshaw in the sense that maybe not stick around year over year, but he just constantly just doesn't overly perform. He like kind of know what you're going to get with a guy like Scotty Upshaw. And he somehow just keeps on getting deals. Maybe he's a great, you know, leadership locker room type of guy, but he just – that's just my thing. He just, like, kind of just – around <laughs> like well, I think, not anymore well yeah but i mean like okay at 36 year old but my point is if a Duclair can pull this into you know good locker room guy turns into a scotty upshaw just around type of thing it's not the worst in the world and you know if this is how you how he jump starts it not the worst in the world like if Duclair continues on his pace i think someone will probably give him a two three year deal and around you know two point five a year. And, and you know, if who's that doesn't thats
1: the out, guy that you're talking about.
0: Oh, I was gonna Daniel Sprung, sorry, earlier, but um but oh. I was gonna go with, you know, Declare, you know, he pops back in. And honestly if he pulls off a season like this, you know, twenty again, same same bar as uh Connor Garland, twenty goals. Um you know that if he doesn't pan out after that three year deal, Sanders would probably take him back just from this year alone.
1: Yeah, for sure, and yeah, I think, you know, I'm always a I'm a big fan of you know, being close to home. Like he's he's a Quebec, he's from Quebec, like, maybe just being away from Quebec really was just well being like he had a good season with the Rangers his first year, right? Or no, sorry, Arizona after the trade for the Keithiano deal, he had a good season, but he just couldn't you know he couldn't stay consistent and uh, like i well, we'll see if he can stay you know consistent throughout this entire year but i think Duclair could be a guy that you know yeah resigns with auto at the end of the season but
0: you want to hear my time, theory I mean, about it the sense
1: could trade him
0: my but. theory about it is more just like he seems like that's one of one of the guys that just kind of struggles being in the spotlight when there's expectations, but there's no real expectations for him so you know if you look at his you know, his rookie season, there's no real expectation. It's just like, ah, just whatever you can do, you can do, Rook. That'd be awesome. You know, 81 games played, 44 points. And then, if, you know, if you when you moved in his last season, like last season when he came to Ottawa, before he came to Ottawa, it was fi- um, 19 points, 53 games. And then, you know, 21 games he was in Ottawa, he got 14 points. Now, there's, again, there's not much expectation for the team. 15 points in 27 games. Maybe he's just one of the guys that just, Maybe is not the greatest under pressure. And that's not a problem. It's not the end of the world, and I think maybe he just needs to be in the right environment.
1: Is it? Mm-hmm. And, and oh, it is
0: more than anything, to be honest.
1: True, and maybe sometimes you know, on a team that's not good, someone has to score different thing.
0: Well, I mean, like, no, they, the they can game. lose. They can lose three-one every game, right? Like, I, I I don't subscribe to that theory, right? But I was just thinking, like, hey, maybe he's just one of the guys. Just does not do that well when. You know, the eyes are looking at him, so hey, the eyes are looked away and he's done really well so far. don't get me wrong, he's done well.
1: hmm for sure. And um, I mean, yeah, I like like I was saying before, I mean, the Suns could move him at the trade deadline if they wanted to. I mean, at this rate.
0: At this rate, yeah, I think he's he's gonna be traded. Like, yeah,
1: like but preferably, I think he, it it would make sense for him to stay. I think also, you know, DJ Smith behind the bench, a guy who you know works well with younger play, like younger players, he was a good fit. So, like, I think the Sens, they've, they haven't really locked up many players beside Colin White so far. So they got a lot of UFAs and RFAs that they could you know deal out. So, you know, we might be able to he might have to switch to our team, but I think at least for this season right now, I think the Sens are thankful that he, at least he's performing for them and say at the trade line they trade them, he'll come back, he'll provide another asset for them in the future.
0: And, like, honestly, if like he continues at this pace or even slows down a little, I could see someone overpaying, paying a second-round pick for a guy like this. Like Not the worst thing in the world. And then you know, if he really likes Ottawa that much, season's over, he just comes right on back, right? I mean... He's got he's yeah, arbitration eligible and everything, right? So, you always just trade for his rights back or whatever. But one point six five million that if that's production that he maintains, his price is gonna go up just because it's a low val low dollar value pickup. And yeah, I think yeah, like if I'm looking at the Ottawa centers right now and they're cash friendly, to- holy cow! Yeah, <laughs> holy
1: yeah, right. Cow. It's, well, it's just White and Shabbat are really the only core members that they've locked up. Everyone else can be traded. Like John, Gabriel Pajot is could be like the biggest thing on the trade market this season.
0: Yeah, like if you if I'm right. just looking at their, you know, I'm just looking at their cat friendly. Right? As I was saying, they've got four point seven five for Colin White until for forever. They got Artem and Nisimov next year. Uh they got a couple of ELC guys like Logan Brown to Chuck. Brandstrom, Chabot, Maxim LeJoie, and then Nikita Zaitsev with his little anchor contract. But they've got a lot of money coming off the books next year.
1: Yeah, and I mean, realistically, how much are people like, committed, right? Like, Ryan Callahan's not going to come back, right? Yeah, Aaron I ILTR, Kirk Anderson's gone. Like, you're going to see a lot of these guys go. So, like, this team's going to have a lot of cap space. So, they'll I think the Sens are just going to rebuild. Like, hopefully, they're not going to commit money to people that they don't that shouldn't be part of their core. But you know, they've got guys that they can move around. They could be big players at the during the um, trade deadline. But I mean, the way Detroit's playing, I don't know if the Sens can be worse than Detroit. And yeah. also, like, they still need to field the NHL team. You right? want to
0: hear, so, hear something cool about it, this though? What? So, guess how much money. The send have on players that aren't playing for them right now.
1: Well, I'm on cap friendly too, so I can kind of see, but I would assume around at least 20 25 million.
0: It is actually much more than that. You want to try again?
1: Under IR, right?
0: It's more than you think. 30? So, okay, let me let me just run through the numbers for you, all right? So, they got 21.575 oh 21. million, right?
1: Yeah.
0: In the IR. So, it's Ryan Callahan, Gabriel Anderson, Clark, MacArthur, Cody, Cody Gildebeth, and uh, Scott Sabrin, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, they're still technically in cap for Bobby Ryan, which is an unfortunate situation, right?
1: Yeah.
0: So... That's twenty one point five seven five plus seven point two five, right? So that's twenty eight point eight two five. They're mm-hmm. also paying Dion Phaneuf not to play for them. True. So that's almost twenty nine. That's over twenty nine million for players just to not that that just aren't playing for them.
1: Yeah, and I also realized too that um, they didn't put uh, Callahan or Gabrick or Clark MacArthur on LTIR. Because they don't need that cap space. They don't. Because otherwise they would not they wouldn't hit the cap. They won't hit the cap floor.
0: That is correct.
1: So you know what?
0: Yeah. Oh, this is that, the opposite know. of. This is the opposite of CBO, CBA exploiting that teams are doing.
1: Well, they they are exploiting the LTR in the sense that they're not using it.
0: Yeah, it's the opposite of what so they're doing, though.
1: Yeah, so they give me the cap floor. That's basically you know the sounds in a nutshell, right? And, you know what, like, I think that they've got a good core coming up. They've got some good prospects. And I think we'll see in the next two or three years, you know, they'll start being a bit more competitive, hopefully, I think. But, you know, we'll see how it goes in, in the nation's capital. So we're going to move on to our third player. Um, when I – I feel like Jared McCann is kind of in the same deal as Anthony Duclair. In the sense that you know, a good prospect, but just not that he couldn't stick with the team, but he was just wasn't, I think, put in a role that was good for him. Right, like he was in. He started off in Vancouver, and then I think, I think was he in the Luongo trade? He was in the trade that went, I think, Vancouver to Florida. And that is then correct. He didn't really, he didn't really do well in Florida. Like they had him in the fourth round, line role, which. For a guy who wasn't really much of a, you know, grit and grind defensive player, that really didn't fit him. And then he moved to Pittsburgh. And I think especially this season, we've seen that, especially in, that was the Derek Broussard trade. Maybe um, Nick, Nick Bukestag wasn't the the prime, the major prize in that trade. It could be Jared McCann now in that trade.
0: So here's, here's my thing with Jared McCann. I think he wasn't given the time to develop properly. And, you know, if he spent a couple of years in the AHL, he might be a lot better player now. And now he's really gotten that time to physically mature. Now is where he's trying to come in and actually play that role that he could have been playing a couple of years earlier if they, were, if they didn't just immediately throw him in the NHL.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like what he's played, like for a guy who was drafted in – Twenty fourteen, you know, he went one more year in the juniors, but then he was right into the NHL. You know, split sometimes between the AHL and NHL, but he never really had that chance to, you know, develop. I would say so. Yeah, he never really filled in. I guess.
0: Yeah, so I think and, this is where he comes. I think this is this is where it's going to go. I think mean, he's he's only going to go up from here. I'm buying the Jared McCann stock.
1: Yeah. So did you? uh I see on your team.
0: No, because we don't have a keeper
1: league. True, true. But, you know, I mean, for, especially, like, in Pittsburgh with Crosby injured, you know, he's going to see increased ice time. But, um, I mean, like, I think, like, with Pittsburgh, right, they've always find, like, diamonds in the rough, right? Like, you look at all the players they have, like, Dominic Cahoon, like, people are like, who? And he was from that, I think he was the who? Yeah. He was in the only trade, right? Yeah. Like, Dominic Simon, like, all these guys that, like, you've never really heard, or they came through the college system, um, late round draft picks, and, you know, they've been able to turn them into NHL players, and I think Jerry McCann just found a good spot where you know, you're behind Crosby, you're behind Malkin, but if ever the time you need to step up, he can play the wing if he needs to, alongside either Crosby or Malkin, and you know, he's just like a kind of, like, a good NHL, like, glue guy now i think now that he's had the time to you know fill out his body and you know get used to the nhl but yeah i like i would honestly say i think in that um bukestad mccann was it broussard and Shehan deal i think mccann might have actually been the like the prize of that that was probably he's probably the best player out of those four i mean broussard's had a pretty good season too but I think McCann, being 23 especially, he could grow into something and be the next Pittsburgh player that people overpay for.
0: All right. But, I mean, that's the type of, like, situation you need if you're trying to build a dynasty, right? You need to be able to find these diamonds in
1: the rough. Yeah, for sure. Like, these... What do you call it? Like, prospects that... Well, like, young players that other teams... Like, they just need, like, a change of scenery. Like, a Robbie Fabry type.
0: So... Robbie Fabry, are you saying that he's turned the, turn the, turn the what's it called, Turn the page turn over, the corner. turn the corner? Can't English.
1: Um. I think that he was always a good player, but he just wasn't gonna make. Well, I mean, now given all the injuries to St. Louis, I think St. Louis wishes they still had Fabry. I mean, they went out like we talked about last week. They went out to get Shore Brower. Injuries are stacking up to their forward core. I think they would have loved to have Fabry back, but um, yeah, I think he just needed the opportunity, and you know, Detroit's like a good place right now for you know, pl- to see for players to see are they NHL players or are they you know AHL have to go overseas to make type like players. So I think Fabry is definitely a guy who you know he just needs to be in a like a new environment, I think. Needed to have playing time and, you know, maybe we'll see him, you know, stay in Detroit. I don't know yet, just yet.
0: <laughs> All right, so we've got one more player, Jeffrey. This this player, Jeffrey, is most excited to talk about. We're trying to figure out who we want to talk about. This was a player that Jeffrey could not stop about. But before we start that, okay. before okay, we start that, no. before we start that, remember in the beginning of our episode, we were talking about what we're thankful for yes and remember I said there's one more thing I'm very thankful for but I said we'll talk about it later
1: oh what are you so thankful for
0: I'm so thankful for our sponsor Anchor do you know what Anchor is Jeffrey
1: yes I do was it I think it was I can't remember last episode I told you what Anchor is can you tell me what Anchor is
0: I have foresaw this question coming so I actually recorded a statement and let's play it right now, Jeffrey. Don't you like my statement, Jeffrey? It was so good I pre-recorded it with you.
1: Wow, and the fact that you didn't say, and we're back, you know, you've you, you shown improvement.
0: Creativity. That's why I'm the star of the show.
1: Creativity out of necessity, I think, for you right now. But anyway... <laughs> I was not – no, okay. I actually wanted to talk – if you're talking about guys, you know, who are making, you know, $2 million or less, I would actually be more excited to talk about Zidane Chara. But, you know.
0: All right. We'll talk about Zidane Chara. All right.
1: No, 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 no. And also because I was like, you can't be biased and just pick all forwards, all Eastern forwards, just because, you know, we live on the Eastern side of – well, I guess you live Central now.
0: Because I'm the center you know. of the universe. Yes, but go on.
1: But, no. But we didn't want the Eastern bias, and we also didn't want the Ford bias. So you know, you you wanted to p- talk about Shankirk over Chara. So you know what? Because you feel like you're the center of the universe, you're the star of the show. We'll talk about Shankirk just for you.
0: I so, am um, honored, Jeffrey. Just absolutely honored.
1: You're welcome. So anyway, Shankirk. You know, I, he was still he's he's an NHL player. Like they're a free agency, we knew he was an NHL player. He just wasn't worth the contract he was he had in New York. So they bought him out and you know, when you're a good team, you attract good free agents and that's why Shankirk ended up in Tampa on a 1-year, 1.75 billion dollar deal. And I mean, from the early showings it looks like Tampa Bay made a good good pickup. I mean, the team's not doing amazing per se on what appears like artific- superficially in the standings, but in reality they're third in their in the Atlantic Division, if you look by point percentage. So, you know, they're on the right track. But Shan Kirk this year, you know, he's having a pretty good season. Not point a game, but, you know, he looks like the, his old self right now.
0: And what is his old self, Jeffrey?
1: Well, I think, like, I think people always had him pegged as, like, a top pair defensive, you know. he He's, like, an offensive defenseman for sure. But, like, they always had him, like, a top pair guy, like a guy who – would be like your number one defenseman and realistically he wasn't he didn't have that defensive side of the game that you know really made him like that good of a like defenseman so when you have your pick between playing with headman and mcdonough where you don't have to worry about playing defense as much you can focus on what you're good at and i think that's what shanker has done in tampa i mean when you play with headman like headman gets all the uh, attention headman deals with all the stuff in front of the net and all he has to do is, you know, just rove around, you know, set up players and, you know. He's a lot more freedom to
0: be creative.
1: Yeah. And I think that's kind of the like he's he's a, not number one defenseman, but probably like a number two, number three right now. And also the fact that <clears throat> you're not like you're not overplaying him, right? Like he's a guy who used to be like 20, 22 minutes a game. You know, now they got him under 20 where they're focused on just, you know, being the offensive guy. I think that's the role that fits him a lot better right now. So I think he's got a good fit. And I mean, right, like if you've got a good team and you look like a cup contender, free agents are going to be attracted to come to your team, take less than um, what other teams offer, and, you know, have a chance to win the Stanley Cup.
0: So here's my argument against what you're saying, though, Jeffrey. We know he's a very defensive player, right? And he teams have long ago identified that he's an offensive defenseman, Right. Yeah, and they've put him in situations that would benefit his specific playing style, right? Mm-hmm. So, what is one of my favorite advanced stats, Jeffrey?
1: Um, based on this episode, I I feel like it's uh like uh, PDO.
0: No, oh, that is my other favorite, but offensive zone starts.
1: Oh, that's who? Yeah, I forgot.
0: So, if we look at it this season, it's actually been one of his lower offensive zone start seasons in the sense that his for his career average said about fifty seven and a half percent offensive zone starts. This year he's only around fifty four percent. And he's done very well for it in the sense that if you look at for example in 2017-2018 season, 46 games, 23 points. Great. But he's also starting on the offensive end almost two-thirds of the time. So in two thirds of the time they're starting with him or his line mates on the ice with the puck which makes it obviously easier to score so I, I i may not even just be the situation like who he's playing with anymore i just think that is it possible that he is just sheltered enough where he gets what he needs but at the same time it's hard to describe right I, like i'll be honest honest with you i don't have the answers if you look at you on know, plus minus for example. For a guy whose career average is a minus three, he's at a plus nine this season. These are numbers that we haven't seen since he was in St. Louis. You know, when he was a bona fide true offensive defensive option, right? Like last time he was anything over a positive for the season. He was an all star. He got votes for the Norris. Like these are, you know, it's not not normal for what we expect for the regression curve is what I'm trying to get with here.
1: Mm -hmm. See, well, I, I will point out one thing to you. I know like offensive zone starts and, you know, he is on kind of like a PDO bender right now as well. But if we were to talk about pairings, right, when you get to play of Hedman or McDonough or even Sergeyev, right, you know, That's a completely different thing. And I get that, you know, they are starting, they've always started him more with an offensive zone push. But can I tell you his um, defensive pair partner for the last, let's say, last five years?
0: Sure. But before we do that, I also want to preface with I think all the players that we've considered for this episode or the players that we've talked about this episode, the expectation is that they're all on PDO benders because we're not the expectation is that they're way outperforming what they should be, right? So I think any player we talk about, we've considered are all technically on PDO vendors, like you said, right? So, but before that, yeah. What's up, Jeffrey?
1: Yeah, so realistically, right? Like when you talk, you, like as a player, he's always been that offensive type. So people have always, you know, put him in the offensive zone sets, right? But when we talk about, the players that he plays with, right? This year, his most common partner is Victor Hedman. If, nice. Let's go down the list of his most common partner for each year. Frederick Clayson.
0: Not as nice.
1: Brady Shea. That's all right. Brady Shea, I think, as a, rook, as a rookie, I think.
0: Someone nice. Carl Gunnerson, Less nice.
1: Colton Pareko, I think, as a rookie. yes last yeah. second year. Connor, uh, Carl Gunnerson again. I mean, Derek Jackman for, like,
0: I think that was when it was his yeah. rookie year.
1: Yeah, Barrett Jackman for three years in St. Louis, and then Ryan Wilson. Has he really played? See, with I'm anyone? okay.
0: I'm okay with the Carl Gunnarsson pairing. I think they balance out pretty well.
1: Yeah, but maybe he didn't need to balance out. Maybe he just needs to play with a actual like bona fide like top four defenseman like not saying like Shea and Pareko the top four but maybe at the time when they were with Shankirk not necessarily top four defenseman at that point in time so I think maybe he's just in a role where he's playing with people that are also good so that you know he's able to focus on what he's good at and not just worry about like oh you know, I get like pairing him with like Bear Jackman and or some You know, a more defensive minded player, so he can kind of do his thing. But it's a whole different level when you're paired with uh, Victor Hedman or Ryan McDonough.
0: So the argument argument against it for me though is when he, he was pay, it, when he was paid in New York, shouldn't he have been able to have been. He, since he was paid like a player that could play with any defenseman, isn't it kind of his responsibility to be paid to be able to play with any defenseman?
1: Yes, but I don't no think matter he ever, how good he, he never was that player. So I think New York made this mistake and paid for a guy to carry a pairing that in reality he wasn't that type of guy. I think New York just made a mistake there. Like he had a contract year. New York paid him because they thought he was a guy that can carry a pair. And it turned out he wasn't, so they had to buy him out. And now he's in Tampa where he's no longer just – he's not hes not carrying a defensive pair anymore, and that's why he's succeeding. And also because you're playing with Victor Hedman.
0: So how much of this is just because of Victor Hedman? Are you saying that most of this is because of that?
1: Um, I wouldn't say it's because of Victor Hedman, but I think – well, being on Tampa and being on like that top pair probably has some effect. Um. yeah I mean like it, as you said right most of these guys were talking about they're on PDO benders there's some luck involved so maybe that's why they're doing so well but I think as fans for these teams I don't, I don't think they really care I think they're just thankful that they have these guys on their teams on such good contracts who are able to produce at their current level and their only hope is that they can continue producing at this level for the rest of the season and hopefully into the playoffs I think
0: yeah, I think at the end of the day, we're looking at it. It's just, that's the expectation, right? It's just, hey, you know what? I think the fans think, hey, my players are doing great. Why am I going to complain about it, right? Yeah,
1: for sure. So, you know, I think we've had other players that we kind of like looked into. But um, if you guys, if there's a player that you're very thankful for this season uh, on your favorite team, you know, let us know. Um, I don't know on the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. I can't think of a single guy who's you know, because you made that rule. I guess Jason Spezza, but maybe he's the only guy who's not on a you know either a ten million dollar contract or uh, uh entry level deal. So Jason Spezza would be my guy. That I'm kind of thankful he's on our team, but I'm still a little iffy about him.
0: Just a little iffy.
1: Yeah, I just I'm not a hundred percent sure just yet if he's the right guy for the team. I I'm a more of a Nick Shore fan than Jason Spezza.
0: <laughs> All right. With that being said, I think it's time for some uh, trivia.
1: Yeah, is it my trivia or your trivia?
0: I didn't. I don't think Jeffrey prepared anything. So I've actually got some more uh, trivia for you, Jeffrey. I promise oh, it won't goodness. be as hard as last I, week.
1: I, I, <clears throat> okay, last week's trivia wasn't trivia. It was stupid questions that I don't think you knew All the right. answer to either.
0: Here's your first question. Can Here's we not question, draft-
1: Jeffrey. Oh, God.
0: It is draft-related. There are four players currently <laughs> playing in the NHL who were drafted 38 overall. Can you name three of them? <laughs> maybe i'll roman give you some
1: Yossi.
0: hints uh, roman Yossi. roman Yossi. that's one of them uh, so two more. So, as, two more
1: so you said th- you said four players so isn't there three more
0: yeah so yeah i'm not going to give you hints roman yosi yeah
1: so okay why did you say only two more players
0: because i i'm not going to make you guess all four i'm going to make you guess three
1: so then why would you only tell me there's two left
0: Two, I'm giving you hints for two players, all right? Is that better?
1: Okay. Let,
0: one of them uh, was drafted by the Edmonton Oilers, and the other one was drafted by the New Jersey Devils, but neither of them play for those teams anymore.
1: Hmm. Screw New it. I'll give you a Jer- hint for a third
0: player as well. The third player um, drafted by Anaheim, still plays for Anaheim. Sorry, no longer plays for Anaheim as well. Sorry, my apologies.
1: So, so drafted they were by drafted by the Anaheim, Edmonton, Anna. and New Jersey.
0: Yep, and none of them play for that team anymore.
1: But did they ever play for that team at all?
0: So the player drafted by uh, the Stars did play for the Stars.
1: Wait, how did you uh, go from the, How did you go from Anaheim, Edmonton, and New Jersey go to and uh, switch into Dallas?
0: I fully butchered that. One of the players was Alex Jason. He no longer he was drafted by Dallas, and he plays for Edmonton. Totally butchered that, so we have two out of two left. So the player drafted by New Jersey um, did actually play for New Jersey for three years. And the player drafted by Anaheim played for Anaheim for two years. So we have Roman Yossi and Alex Jason. If you guess what, more of the two players left, I'll count that as a win for you, Jeffrey.
1: New Jersey. See, it's so hard when you think about players drafted because it's like, all you can think about is their actual roster right now, but you can't actually think about what players they drafted in the past type of thing, right? It's like, when you talk to New Jersey, I'm thinking about all their like recent like players that they've like drafted on their team, all those young players, but I can't off the top of my head think of people they've drafted and then traded away type of thing, so... I I want to say one of them is um John Hayden.
0: That is incorrect.
1: Okay, I thought he was a high pick. Um played for New Jersey and it doesn't play for New Jersey anymore. The other one's Anaheim. Yes. Who used, who used to play for Anaheim.
0: My recommendation is go overall, for the New Jersey one. My uh, recommendation is go for the New Jersey one. The New Jersey one's probably a bit easier.
1: John Quenville was a 30th pick, but he's on New Jersey still.
0: It is not John
1: Quenville. I know, I know. He's on the team still. Um, New Jersey. Oh, my God. Is this? Okay, can I ask another question? Sure. Is this guy a a fairly older player or a younger player?
0: So for both players, right? So the New Jersey player yeah, was born in 1992. The Anaheim player was born in 1996.
1: Oh, so he's our our year, 96. That is correct. So that would have been the 2014 draft, which doesn't help me at all. Brandon Montour?
0: That is incorrect. Fun Um, fact for you. The player on New Jersey was drafted twice. But it's not what you think.
1: Um, okay, you know, I, I give up on those two. I 92 drafted twice so he was in the two, 2010 or 2011 or the 2012 draft.:
0: That is incorrect.
1: I know. It is
0: John Merrill who was drafted into the NHL in the 2010 NHL draft. And drafted in the 2017 expansion draft.
1: Oh, yeah, fucker.
0: <laughs> the other player was Marcus Petterson.
1: Oh, Marcus Patterson. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh no. <laughs> All right, ah, since... Fine, fine, fine.
0: So since Jeffrey's not a fan of uh, the draft, we'll change it up a little bit.
1: Oh, I can think of a question you're going to ask already. I can think of the question you're going to ask already.
0: Name the all-time leading point-getter in their 38-year-old season as a Russian
1: in the NHL. Sergei Fedorov.
0: Incorrect. (laughs) This person is currently an agent. And... It was in his 1998-1999 season where he scored 63 points in 75 games.
1: Really? I thought Sergei Fedorov would have had a better season or like a Gordie Howe would have had a better season than that.
0: Gordie Howe is
1: not Russian. (laughs) I know. I know that. I know that. But I'm saying 63 points seems really little. Sergei Fedorov
0: had 41 points in 68 games in 2007 2008, which is actually identical, it's for some Kingston front knowledge for you, right? Doug Gilmore yeah. also had 41 points this 38-year-old season.
1: ay yeah, yeah, man.
0: But we're looking for uh, Russians. So I guess uh, Alex- Alexei
1: Mogilny. Uh, Alexander Mogilny. That
0: is incorrect.
1: I was thinking of Russian players who played in 98, 99. This is ridiculous. Because I can't think of really any off the top of my head.
0: So players that he currently represents include Otto Leskinen, Philip Khrushchev, and Kirill Maximov. I have not heard of either <laughs> of these three players.
1: Um, I was going to say Pavel Gure, but I don't think he even made it to thirty. It <laughs> uh, is not Pavel Gure. I know. I know. I'm. I'm thinking out loud. Halliburri
0: is not Russian either, I don't think, is he? Is he I not Finnish?
1: He no, I, he's Russian, isn't he?
0: Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, so, he yeah is. He is. a Russian Rocket. Yeah,
1: yeah, right. Wasn't that his nickname?
0: Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, I thought oh. I heard Russian Ro- When we said Russian Rocket, I was like, Wow. Yeah, right, right.
1: Wow, you thought he was a Finnish Rocket? Um, no, yeah. W- what team did he play for in that season? May I ask that question?
0: That it... season. That will take a little bit of a look in here. <laughs> um, oh, another player he represents, Arthur Kaliev. Okay, telling me
1: which ball. place he represents is not.
0: It it's an LA Kings sense. prospect. But in his 38 year old season, in the 1998 1999 season, he played for the Detroit Red Wings.
1: See, I had a feeling that was going to be one of those guys.
0: Um, in his career in the NHL, he played for the Vancouver Canucks, the San Jose Sharks, Detroit Red Wings, Florida Panthers, and the New Jersey Devils. He briefly made a comeback in the 2005-2006 season in the third-tier Swedish Hockey League, where he played two games and had four points. He represented the Soviet Union multiple times and was part of the Russian Olympic team in
1: 2002.
0: uh, He is, uh, is he in the hall of fame? He may be in the hall of fame. He was inducted in the hall of fame in 2008 and is also a member of Detroit's famed Russian five line.
1: That's see, I don't know Detroit history that much, so I can't say, um, Uh, is it Vladislav?
0: No. <laughs> All right. Jeffrey is out on the sun. It's Igor Lorianov. Oh. All right. Sure.
1: We'll make this. We'll get an easier one. Yeah.
0: You did not play for Calgary.
1: Oh, no. That's no, Sergey Makarov. Never mind.
0: All right. We'll make it a little bit easier for Jeffrey. We. Oui. So, Patrick Marlowe.
1: Yes. In his
0: 38 year old season, 25
1: which was old. twenty twenty seventeen
0: twenty eighteen 2017 2018 season, how many points did he have in 82 games?
1: He had 39.
0: That is incorrect.
1: Yeah, 38. Go
0: up. <laughs> Other way.
1: <laughs> A bit, it would be sick if he had 38 points in his 38. 38- h thirty eight season, um, that was a season he had like twenty five goals if I remembered correctly.
0: That is close so but incorrect. Like,
1: like 44?
0: 47.
1: Ah. see, okay, all right. All, all right. right.
0: I all right. At- I'll, I'll, I'll make it okay, even easier I'll, for you. I'm going
1: to ask you one, I'm going to ask you a question since I'm fed up with your questions here. I I thought this question <laughs> you would ask this question, but I'm surprised you didn't ask this question. Uh, just give me a sec. Can you please fill in the time here, please?
0: All right. So Jeffrey is salty because I have gone too hard on the questions. Little does he know I have gone hard on the questions because he went hard on my on questions for me. And I was like, no, I'm going to make sure Jeffrey doesn't know these questions. So that's why I am going really hard on Jeffrey. That's also because I love Jeffrey, right? I love you, Jeffrey. But, yes, I feel like I filled in okay. the questions in time long
1: enough. All right. In the NHL this season, 11 players have worn the number
0: 38. Is <laughs> <laughs> it 11 players that are number 38 this season?
1: Um, all this of season the players is- I really? feel like you know. How about, how about we'll go close to home? Can you name the Winnipeg and Toronto player that wear the number 38?
0: Winnipeg and Toronto players are wearing number 38. Oh man, I'm going to have to think this one through.
1: See, I, I give you—it's two out of eleven.
0: Okay, can I get like hints on them?
1: Yes, one plays in Toronto and one plays in Winnipeg.
0: Oh my god!
1: Wait, let me let me make sure they're both oh, still on the. Oh,
0: I know, I know, I know, the, I know the Winnipeg player. It's um, he's like a fourth line 4 He's like a fourth line 4 Um, it's like Logan Shaw.
1: Yes, and he's on the active the, the, roster. And the Toronto
0: Toronto guys on the active roster?
1: Not currently.
0: Are they injured in the AHL? Like, what's going on?
1: They're in the AHL.
0: Okay, but they've played for Toronto before. So that's why they have a Toronto jersey. Yes. And World's 47. Who has been called up this year? Kaskiswo is. Kaskiswo is like. Was it Casca? No, Casco has a lower number, he's like 20 something, I think. Um, who else has been called up this year? Hutch is 30.
1: Number... Hutch Hutch is 35. Cassius Go Ward number
0: 50 50, okay. Hutch has 35. Yes. Who else has been called up this year? Milligrin hasn't been called up this year.
1: He's on Cat Friendly listed as number thirty seven.
0: <laughs> oh, oh my god. Lilgrit?
1: Yeah. I don't know uh, if that's the actual number though, to be honest.
0: I think it is thirty seven. Um right, check the age all. See, once Lou's gone, you can have these crazy numbers.
1: <laughs>
0: well, uh, well I
1: guess. Let me actually look
0: Well, I guess grits. technically Nick Shore is on the team. He's it's Jason Spence. It's not dumb.
1: Lilly oh, Green. What would it be? He wears the number seven <laughs> on the Marlies.
0: Right, he wears number seven. That is correct. Nick I Shore wears I number
1: 26.
0: It's not Nick Shore. Either. It's not Jesus Fetz either. Um, it's 19. It's, it's, okay. it's not GOAT for sure. It's someone who's in the AHL right now, but called up. I have no clue who it is.
1: Okay. See, you were kind of on the right track in the sense that, you know, they aren't on the NHL roster. But, you know, sometimes the player can start Not on the, on the NHL roster? roster. No, they could start on the NHL roster and be sent down. Rasmus Sandin wore the number 38.
0: Oh, you played on the Leafs this season?
1: <laughs> so kind of how you, you know, dicked around and said that, you know, John Miro was drafted twice. Um. You know, Rasmus Sandin. He played. On, he's in the AHL, but he was never called up. He was sent down. So you know, there you oh, go. That was my idea. Uh, so feel that. And um, the other, a I lot, feel pretty good other, about
0: myself. I got the first player.
1: The other players that were I have that have worn the number thirty-eight this season. Let's you should know some of them. Rudolf Balsers on the Sens. Yep. Mario Ferraro on San Jose. No clue. Derek Grant on Anaheim. Yep. Uh, Carl Grunschum on the Kings. Yep. Michael Haley on the Rangers. Uh-huh. Ryan Hartman on the Wild. Boone Jenner on Columbus. Joel Lesperance on Dallas, and no clue. Joel Teasdale on Montreal.
0: Double no clue. Back to back, baby.
1: Yeah. So, you
0: know, I'm sure you guys are great people, great hockey players, but no clue who these guys are.
1: Yeah. Please don't go to Winnipeg and find Olsen and hurt him. But, you know, that's kind of our episode. You know, if there is a player that you're thankful for, you know, feel free to share with us. Hopefully you guys are going to be able to hear this on Monday. We'll see if we can get this posted up by Monday. I don't know. It's quite late already tonight on Sunday night, but you know what? We will do our best for our viewers because we are thankful for our viewers. We are thankful for Anchor. And to be honest, Alston, I'm thankful for you that we can do this podcast together.
0: Jeffrey, you're going to make me start crying. I love you, Jeffrey.
1: <laughs> All right, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye now. Love y'all. Thanks for listening to
0: the Bank Fucks Podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. You want to complain about us? You can tweet us at BOP underscore POD on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.